Good morning. Welcome to the Asian Dating Podcast. Today, we have my good friend, dating coach and matchmaker, Karina Erickson. Karina's first exposure to matchmaking started 20 years ago when she successfully wing-womaned two college friends on their first date. 18 years and four kids later, they are still going strong. A Canadian expat with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Film, Karina spent over a decade working internationally in intellectual property development for clients like Shell Oil and Mandalay Entertainment. A natural connector with a strong instinct for who is meant to be, she developed a diverse network of friends and colleagues with whom she played Cupid. After six marriages between people she introduced, the floodgates opened turning her natural gift into a professional calling in 2015. Karina took over client relations for a boutique luxury matchmaking firm in Santa Monica. She married her experience as a matchmaker with a lifelong devotion to self-development, studying love and relationships everywhere she can, from the Gottman Institute to one of the world's top pickup artists. Passionate about sharing her unique practical experience as both a coach and matchmaker, Karina is committed to helping each client find a happy, peaceful, and loving relationship. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Karina. How are you? Good, May. Thanks. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to talk about today about overhaul your approach to online dating, making it fun and easy. And you are like the go-to person to talk about this because you have so much experience with date coaching and stuff. So I can't wait to dive in. So what do you got for us today? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to do this topic. I thought this was the best topic to do with your podcast uh, because this is predominantly what my first session is with most clients, coaching clients, when they come on board. I think if this is your experience also, I think I hear this from a lot of matchmakers that most of our clients or people that are experiencing out there in the world, online dating, have a lot of frustrations with it. Most people um, find it depressing, difficult, time-consuming, um, boring, um, frustrating. It's just not an experience that they enjoy. And um, it's my delight to be able to sort of give them some new approaches that can help them not just be more successful in their approach to online dating, but also um, make it a more pleasant experience. Um, actually something they look forward to can have a good time doing, uh, which is I think a rare thing. I don't know what you hear, but in LA, the very first thing I, I hear out of a client's mouth when they're talking about their dating experience is how awful online dating is. So we have some tips for them today to sort of make dating online more fun, more successful, more productive. Okay, great. What is the first, what is the first tip you have? I know a lot of the listeners out there would appreciate it because yes, online dating is such a drag and it's gotten such a bad reputation, but where else are you going to go to find a salad bar of single men and women who say they're single and that they want to date, right? So I can't bash on uh, online dating too much because I believe it is actually one of the best places to meet people. So I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And, you know, when we have clients come to us who, are at a point with online dating where they really feel like they can't do it anymore, they've given up, they've deleted 
their apps, they've deleted their profiles. That always concerns me because you want to give uh, yourself as many opportunities to be successful in finding a potential partner as possible. And cutting out online dating completely is a really big decision that can really impact your ability to find someone. So if we can work with them to make it more fun, more accessible, more enjoyable, and obviously um, something that produces the results they're looking for, that's our job. So let me jump in. <laughs> okay. First, <laughs> the first tip that I always have for clients when they're online dating is attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. It seems obvious, um, but so many people, because of their frustrations with online dating, their disappointments, the amount of hard work it takes, um, have are going into their into their online dates when they're meeting people, or even when they're swiping, even though when they're interacting with the apps themselves or uh, messaging with people, are going in with the attitude of, oh, like I don't want to do this, but I have to. It's sort of this negativity of like this is a waste of my time. I don't want to have to you know put in this amount of effort. So attitude becomes a big topic in general, and the first thing that I think can be helpful for people, and I'm very curious what you think, is to understand that if you're using apps or if you're dating and you're looking for a partner, if you're looking for a serious relationship, it is a part-time job. It is incredibly time-consuming. So you have expectations in a way, in my, in my opinion, that if you can adjust your expectations and understand, you know what, I really want this. It's something of value. You know, we understand as adults in our, in our professional lives that any in our lives of value requires work. We know that if we want a promotion, we can't at work, we can't just sit back and wait for it to happen. We can't go into work with a crappy attitude and only be willing to do things half-heartedly and expect any results. It just doesn't work that way. So I'm not sure where we got this idea that we don't or shouldn't have to put in very much effort to find our forever person or a worthwhile person, but I find that attitude in and of itself of like, oh, this is just too much work. It just sets people up for failure. It sets people up for suffering. It becomes really unpleasant. And if you can adjust your expectation and just understand, you know what, this is a part of it. It's a part of the game. This is uh, who you have in your life as your significant other is really one of the most valuable assets that you will ever have in your life or one of the most valuable relationships, experiences. It will change your life for the better. Yeah, I agree. Especially uh, if you pick the Yeah, attitude, yeah. everything. If you go in there with... The mentality that this is just going to cost me money and time. I'm not going to meet somebody. It's like, why are you even there? Like your attitude should be, oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't done online dating in so long. And now I get to actually pick the people I can meet. Like, this is really cool. And just maybe have a guideline of some uh, criteria and then let the rest run its course and see what happens. So I agree. Attitude is everything. Even on matchmaking and people come to me and then they go on a date and then they're like bashing on their ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend or ex-spouses. It's like, they see that your attitude about dating in general is not good. So yeah, you really got to change that. So do people come to you and have a bad attitude right away? Because they're paying you to get help with online dating. So shouldn't their attitude be better than the average person if they're coming and seeking help from you? 
You know, I think that's a great question. And I want to make sure clients don't feel self-conscious or uncomfortable with whatever their attitude is to online dating right now. They do come. I think a lot of people come frustrated and disappointed. And I think when you have dated a long time online, you've had some negative experiences, which is par for the course. It just happens. It happens to everyone. It's not personal. Um, and we can work on some things together. I think a lot of people don't know how to use the apps to their best advantage and get the best out of them. And that's something that we will talk about today. But that said, I don't, I don't fault people for coming in disappointed or frustrated and with a bit of a sour kind of a taste in their mouth about how, how apps work in, in how they're set up. They, there are ways that they are less than ideal, even though they're a wonderful tool. And the important thing for me as a coach, and I don't know how you feel about this, but my experience of you is it's the same. A huge part of my job as a coach and as a matchmaker, but as a coach especially, is to encourage people, to help to help them find a way to get back on the horse when they're disappointed, upset, and they want to give up and keep going. So I do find a lot of people, I would say the vast majority of people come in with a, a pretty um, negative uh, impression or experience of online dating, ready to sort of give up and, and do something else. And even when I take on clients for matchmaking, I still encourage people to utilize the online dating space to their best advantage and to utilize me as both a matchmaker and coach so that they can get the most opportunity to find their person for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, I can see where a um, date coach would come in handy because maybe their friends are frustrated with online dating too. And you don't want to hang out with people who are just bashing online dating. You need like a cheerleader in your corner and somebody to look at the situation um, being more objective. So, okay. <laughs> what's yeah. your second, what's your second tip for them? Well, again, it's still, we're still sticking with attitude here because when you say um, what the right attitude is, that first part of uh, have the attitude that it's going to take some work and that's just, we accept that. That's just the case. The second is a mindset more even than an attitude in, in a sense. It's like, how do you go in and make this successful? And for me, the best mindset when you're dating is curiosity, curiosity about who you're going to meet, curiosity about um, about, uh, who could be your person, uh, about when you're sitting across from somebody on a date, who is this person, you know, of 8 billion people on the planet, it could be any other person except the one sitting in front of you. And so it's very curious to me. I'm a, I'm a big kind of, uh, believer in, uh, spiritual things and fate and all of that. So why of 8 billion is it, is that this person sitting across from you. That always makes me really curious. What is this person doing in the world? What could I learn from them? And I think, you know, the, the, the typical dating mindset, especially in Los Angeles, New York, where I work with a lot of clients, and I, and I am not, I'm hating to say this, but it's absolutely true. And I'll, we'll see if your clients resonate with this, but typically people are walking into a date and they have their mental checklist, even if it's subconscious of who they're looking for, what education they have to have, how good looking they are, how much money, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a list. Everybody's been encouraged to make their list of who's right for them and what those qualities are that they're looking for. And basically I find that clients just happen to sort of sit across from another person going through their mental checklist, looking to dis, dis, um, qualify 
to disqualify the person they're with as quickly as possible. It's like, what's wrong with this person? That's what we're looking for. How is this not my person? So I can move on to the next. Right. And it's just not a, it's just not an attitude or mindset that works. You know, we like people who like us. That's how we are as human beings. If you've ever walked into a party or started a new job and you meet somebody who likes you for absolutely no reason at all. It, you, they don't know you, they don't know you from Adam, but the vibe you get as well, this person really likes me. We have a natural affinity for them. When people are curious about us, we have a natural affinity for them. And if you can come into dating with that mindset of curiosity and warmth or um, interest in this other person that you're meeting, doesn't, you don't have to be able to identify them as your forever person in your first, in the first 10 minutes or even in your first date, but be curious, let ask good questions, um, convey warmth if you can, um, find things that you like about them that are objectively likable or subjective to you that you genuinely like. Um, do it as a practice. I mean, for me, that as a practice of looking for what I like about other people has become so automatic that it's become the mindset that I sort of have. And it makes life much more enjoyable when you're finding what's right with other people, as opposed to what you think in your limited perspective is wrong with them. And that will change your dating life dramatically in my yeah, opinion. I agree. I agree. If you just go in almost instead of the mentality of next, who's next, who's next, it's how about, okay, what if I only have this amount of time in my month and I only will meet five people this month? How is this person going to get ranked to the top? Like, is there an opportunity that this person can be amazing that, I mean, how many times do we see couples on the street and they're together and you're like, wait, how did that person end up with that person? Like they look totally opposite. It's like, there was something that they did to give each other a chance and they are probably very happy and you know happily ever after. So it's like, you just never know who you're gonna be meeting. And I always say this, actually, I'm probably sure that people who listen to my podcast are sick of me saying this, but if you can't be a good dater and spend you know 45 to an hour with somebody and enjoy getting to know them and figure out who they are and what makes them tick, like, then you're a bad person. If you can't hang out with one person for 45 minutes or an hour, like, come on, then maybe you shouldn't be dating or you shouldn't be paired up with anybody if you're not a nice person. So, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think we give ourselves, and I'm not sure why we do this, but I think as daters, we give ourselves permission to treat other daters in a way, or, or people that we're meeting while we're dating, in a way that we would never treat other human beings in any other aspect of life. You know, we're willing to be like openly rejecting. You know, when we yeah. sit down with someone at the table, we're willing to let them know that we're completely disinterested in them. I and know. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, if you meet a platonic girlfriend or guy friend, you don't go around saying you suck. I we have nothing in common. Like, I don't want to see you again. Like just do the common courtesy, right? Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, please. No, I, I'm really interested in your take on this because I think it's one of the ways that we are most self-destructive or most self-sabotaging when we date is we, we give ourselves permission to be unkind. Yeah. And, and when we're unkind, how can you find love? 
from a place of unkindness. It's an, it's a place of unlovingness. It just doesn't work. It's antithetical to success. So it's harsh to, it's harsh to say it because I, I'm sure there's going to be people listening to the podcast going, oh my gosh, that's me. I've done that. We've all done it. The point is, as you go forward, can you become aware of how you do it and what effect that might be having and be curious about if you can change it? You know, I think there is this attitude that's very strange. I don't know how or when it developed, but that you have to be able to tell in the first date or in the first few minutes. I hear it all the time from matchmaking lines. And these are intelligent, educated, successful people who truly believe that they should be able to tell or can tell in the first five minutes, three minutes of a date if that is their forever person. It's ludicrous. It's absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. But they, it's so hard to explain that that people set themselves up for failure. I mean, we're, we're targeting chemistry. Like, and you and I, I mean, we, matchmakers can go on at length for how chemistry is not necessarily the measure of a potentially successful relationship that everybody thinks it is. But just going back to what we were talking about, if you can give yourself a chance to be kind, to be curious, to be open, especially for women, receptivity is the most attractive quality in a woman to men in general. Um, I let me say confidence, authenticity, great, but in the framework of receptivity and openness and curiosity. Um, men, I just had a, a client that I was working with yesterday, a young woman who works on Wall Street and her whole vibe is she's got to compete with these, you know, with these strong, aggressive men. And so her whole vibe when she's at work is the same. She's a hunter. She's out there. She's hunting results. She's super focused. She's competing with the men and she's having a difficult time in her dating life. And when we started to explore what that looks like, I had to say to her, typically men don't want to date other hunters. They don't want to date other men. They don't want to date somebody that they're in competition with. They're not looking for a man in a dress, you know? So you have to you have to take a look at what receptivity is. And receptivity just means openness, right. openness, curiosity, availability. That's that's a great attitude, especially for women to take into dating. But yeah, so that that would be my that would be my next tip for how to how to overhaul your experience with online dating. Yeah, just what you said, like about dating, like who instilled this within us that it's okay to be mean to somebody on a date. Like the way you said that was like a huge aha moment. It's like when you meet platonic friends of the same sex and they invite you to do something, you're not going to ghost her. Like you'll reply, right? Like, Oh, I don't think I want to do that. Thank you for inviting me. But we're just so in this mentality where we can ghost people and be so anonymous and treat them poorly. So I'm glad you brought that up. So anyway, okay, what's your uh, third your third uh, tip? Ooh, okay, so this will actually come to when you're actually interacting with the app itself. And it's kind of a take from what we were just talking about, actually. My experience is that people limit themselves too much in their swipes, left, right, who they're willing to say yes to, who they're, who they're willing to say no to. I find now contemporarily people in the ratio of yes to no, they're letting me know that they're, they're swiping no 90% of the, 80, 90% of the time. Yes, only 10 or 20% of the time. There's lots of reasons that they're giving me for this. I don't want to waste my time, blah, blah, blah. Typically, what I see is that 
people, and this is one of, I think, the big downsides of online dating is we have gotten to a point where we believe it's a successful approach to judge someone based on a photograph in a two, let's be real, two second assessment of who they are. And you can't find love that way. It's just not true. What you're swiping for, if you're swiping 80 or 90% of the time left, what you are swiping for is, is this person conventionally good looking enough for my ego to say that I'm willing to meet them? And that's a pretty shallow way to, to handle dating in general. And it means you're not meeting enough people. You know, I, I talk to a lot of clients that when they have that approach to dating, they are meeting maybe one person a month, maybe one person every two months and wondering why they're having a hard time finding someone. The truth is everybody is gonna wanna swipe right on the people that are the most conventionally good looking or the most conventionally attractive. Um, that's just standard. It's the human animal in us that goes, ooh, yeah, that's for me. You know, it's the human ego that says, yeah. But that's not where love is. And I'm not suggesting, don't get me wrong. I mean, clients tend to freak out when I suggest to them that they maybe open their, their right swipes a little bit more. Maybe try to, my recommendation is always a 60-40 ratio. Start saying yes to some people that just based on a photo, you wouldn't necessarily have given them a chance. But in the real world, that's the thing. In the real world, so many more people are actually actually attractive and compatible with you than you probably think. We all have the experience at this point in our lives, especially if you've been through college, where you you meet somebody in the world, maybe a friend in a class, you're like, oh my gosh, no, that person's not for me. You don't find them attractive. There's no there there. But then you get to know them over time. And all of a sudden, they are so much more attractive to you and you like develop little crushes or, or whatever it is. You can see yourself with them. Um, of course, being attracted to the person that you're with is important and everyone will will and should end up in a relationship with a person that they're attracted to who's also attracted to them. And my recommendation or my suggestion is there's a lot more people in the world that are attractive than we um, not just realize, but then we give ourselves opportunity to see with how we're handling swiping. So 60-40 ratio, yes to, to no would be my recommendation. Switch it up. Obviously, if you're if you're not familiar with how to look for catfish, please know that one of the, the key ways to identify a catfish is how good the photos are. If this person looks too good to be true, if they look like a model, if they've got model shots, especially if they don't have very much information on their profile, be aware, be wary. It's it's one of the most successful ways for catfish to operate. Um, so yeah, that would be my recommendation. Start switching up, start being willing to meet some people. Maybe adopt the attitude if you can, that you're willing to make some practice partners. Like one of the things that I experience a lot is people don't realize dating is a skill. And it's a, it's a skill that most of us don't actually have. You're not born with it. It's like when we decide to become parents, it's like, well, I'll just figure it out. Well, actually, no, there's more, there's more to it than that. Um, so with dating, it's the same. Dating is a skill. It's a skill that can be learned. It's a skill that can be developed. I, I would argue that even the most charming people have the opportunity to develop that skill a little bit more. That's why working with a matchmaker or a coach can be really helpful because we can give you some insight and some feedback as to things you may be doing or not doing on dates that are giving the wrong impression or giving impressions you're not aware of. But until that, start to consider 
you could potentially go out on some more dates, get some more experience, get some more practice and give yourself an opportunity to grow your skill set. Especially if you're a person who can do some work on confidence. Confidence is, confidence is a big issue for clients that I work with. Confidence is something that can be developed. It comes from experience. It comes from practice. So the more opportunity you give yourself to date, not only do you give yourself more kicks at the can in finding your person, but you give yourself the opportunity to build more skill and more confidence from your experience. When you say practice partners, you mean uh, practice date practicing? You should go out with more people so you can actually get out there and develop confidence and develop your uh, dating skill set, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's That's one of the fundamental, I think, the biggest changes of attitude that people can make when they're dating to, to make themselves successful is start to see every person that you meet as an opportunity to not just find your person, but also grow your skills, learn about yourself, learn about what you're looking for. I mean, fundamentally, everybody sort of thinks they're looking for the same thing. I'm looking for somebody who's successful, somebody who's attractive, somebody who has a good education, whatever. But the truth is our values are actually deeper than that you know, who we really are, what really matters to us, it, it actually takes us time to figure out. And if we give ourselves the chance to meet more people, we'll start to identify not only maybe where we have room to grow, opportunities to grow, we might start learning about some of our patterns of self-sabotage. We might start developing, especially with, uh, you know, working with a coach, some, some ability to build some confidence in what we're doing. Right. Um, so yeah, giving yourself more opportunity to meet more people will set you up for success much more than almost anything else. How do your clients feel about uh, saying yes to 40% of the people and swiping no on 60%, is that a major challenge for them or any aha moments from them? Like, oh shoot, you're right. Like I shouldn't say no to 90% of the people. Like what are some success stories you've had with that? So actually right before the pandemic, we were doing a class and um, I've had more success stories than this of, with all of this. I actually, to answer your question briefly, no, I find people are actually pretty agreeable because by the time they come to me or come to us, they're in a lot of pain. Usually they're lonely. They're having a really hard time. They don't understand why they're not being successful. And I, when I have more chance to talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one and hear their individual story, I'm able to point out how perhaps some of the ways that they have been operating in online dating are self-sabotaging you know um and even i would say a lot of people have to admit that if they use their own methodology for swiping most people would swipe left on them also right because they aren't attractive enough or in you know in by conventional standards so when you start to help people see that that's that's a part of the recipe of their lack of success, they start to become a lot more willing and a lot more hopeful. And I mean, honestly, May, you and I know what we're talking about. We've been doing this a long time. So when you can speak with confidence and competence about this industry, people tend to trust. They really want to find someone. I think people by their nature are actually quite generally loving and accepting. We've only been taught to be this harsh and rejecting and unkind while we're dating. And I think a lot of people are tired of living that way, of dating that way, and are looking for something new. So um, quickly, the success story. So right before the pandemic, we were teaching, a, a, my mentor and I were teaching a class in dating skills. 
And uh, there was a, a beautiful young woman in our class who had been, she was a teacher, she'd been single for a long time and very unsuccessful with her online dating. And she started to adopt our practices. And the biggest one she started adopting was swiping yes on some guys that she otherwise didn't find conventionally attractive enough for her or good looking. And within that seven week class where we had her, she met a guy, she said, I never would have swiped yes on him. And they went out on their first, he was just not a very conventionally handsome, handsome guy. Um, but they went on their first date and she said, you know what, Karina, there's something about him. I don't know what it is. Skip forward to about five months, four months into the pandemic. She sent me a photo. They were married and they had a newborn baby. They are so happy. Um, it was just like for her, a revelation. You know, she said, I, I missed out. She said, she said, I wonder how much love I missed out on because I wasn't willing to look past my own sort of narrow ideas of who could be good enough for me or who could be right enough for me and she's crazy they're crazy about each other and so so happy I think they have a second baby on the way now so I mean this is a story yeah. that I hear over and over and over again right I totally agree that people should be swiping yes to some more people just give people a chance and um that's that's great that's a great story even if one person's like oh my gosh I need to do more of that that's going to help somebody. And did I think I was going to marry a smoker? No. Did I think I was going to marry someone 10 years younger than me? No. Did I think I would marry someone who lives in Colorado and I move out here in five acres and need to drive, you know, 10 to 15 minutes to the nearest Walmart? No, but here I am 15 years later and I am completely happy with my relationship. Like you just never know without giving someone a chance. And I'm not saying go ahead and swipe on all the young guys and all the smokers. I'm just saying that, you know, you just never know. So I really love that story. Okay. What's uh, the fourth thing you want to share? Fourth thing. Okay. Oh, this was a good one. Um, the friend zone, right? And, and it's to me, hilarious. It's kind of hilarious that we are so afraid of friends or being friend zoned when we're dating. Like it's some terrible uh, like hellscape that you don't wanna be condemned to, or, you know, it would be horrible if you had to go out with someone and they're only, you can only see them as a friend. Right, gosh. You know, there was a study recently, and I don't know who, who did it, if it was Psychology Today or whatever, I, I should find the source information for that but it should be easily Googleable. Googleable. But this study was done and 68%, that's two thirds of relationships that exist right now started as friendships. Two thirds started as friendships. So what are we telling ourselves that we, oh, I, I can, he's only a friend. I can't imagine dating him. I mean, you know, at, at best we, we just, we could just be friends, but I'm not interested in friends. It's like, oh my God. Friendship, I think Harvard did a study, a 32 year study of something like 800 couples, um, happy couples that stayed together long-term. So 32 year study. And I think it was like 70% of men and 80% of women in those relationships said the friendship was the most important thing that kept them together all that time. So how are we bagging on friends, on friendships so bad? If we meet somebody on a first date and we, we don't immediately want to tear their clothes off, we want to throw them in the trash. It's like, I what know. are we doing? I we know. set ourselves up. Such failure, such failure. I know, it's so, it's so I agree with you, Karina, 100%. It is so ridiculous when someone says, well, I could just see him as a friend. I'm like, wait, don't you want your partner to also be a friend? Like, 
won't you just give them maybe three or four dates before you write them off? Like, how do you know just by 60 minutes or 90 minutes that they're not going to be a great father or a husband? Like, how do you know that? I wish someone really does know that they could be totally rich with just that <laughs> one skill set alone. But like, seriously, what is wrong with uh, liking someone as a friend first? Like, I hope people's mentality really changes with this. And you're right. Like, women also need that extra bonding. Like, they don't want to tear someone's clothes off on the first date. They want to connect. They want to uh, bond with you a little bit, maybe do some kind of activity with you before they really feel the chemistry. But I mean, I agree. Of course, you want to be attracted to the person you're with and have a little bit of a spark. But if they are not a total turnoff or did something outrageous that you just cannot deal with, give them a chance. So yeah, I, I think that's a great stat. Like 68% of the people who are in relationships start off uh, as friends first, and then they could have a good relationship and a good marriage, right? Because looks really do fade. Like people really do age and bald or get a little saggy. So it's like, if you don't like that person, it's going to be pretty tough to uh, be with them for a long time. So, okay. The person I dated before I met my, my husband, uh, we had the worst first date I've ever had in my life. It was so boring. Um, all he did was talk about all the extreme sports he was into. I just thought, oh my God, like, you know, he's not going to find me interesting. I'm never going to see this guy again. It was fine. I just thought, you know, no big deal. Uh, but I won't hear from him again. And it turns out a couple days later, he called me and said, would you like to go out again? And I, I really thought to myself, no, but I was, I was taking a new approach to dating. I realized what I had been doing had not been working for me. He was a nice guy. He had a good job. He was handsome. I mean, clearly he was well-traveled. He was interesting. And I thought to myself, why? Because it was a, so what? It was a bad first date. It wasn't a great first date. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't super fun. And I didn't see that we were in any way compatible, but because I had this kind of new attitude of like, well, let's try something new because what I've been doing hasn't been working. I agreed to see him again. Cause I thought, well, clearly you have good taste if you want to see me again. <laughs> right. So, you know, we ended up, um, we ended up dating. We ended up dating for 18 months. We became very good friends. Um, he's the person dating him, got me ready to meet my husband at the time. I wouldn't have gotten into, I wouldn't have gotten married if I hadn't dated him first. And it wasn't honestly, May, it wasn't until date number four or five that I actually even liked him as a person. I wasn't sure I was on the fence. <laughs> wow, I was just good for you for giving him a chance, right? Like you just never know. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great story. So are you guys still friends now or no? What, what happened? Yeah, yeah, we are still friends now. He, he, you know, we, we decided we weren't right for each other as partners, which was great. I mean, at the time, I think I wasn't necessarily ready for commitment, but he got me ready. Yeah. Um, he wasn't ready to, to take another step with me or I think in life in general. And so we split, but we stayed great friends. And I, you know, he is somebody that taught me again, taught me a lot about love, taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot about what I was looking for in a, in a partner for, for longer life. And we had a great time. I mean, he enriched my life. So this is another thing. I wonder when people want to avoid friends, it's like friends bring so much love into our lives. Friends bring so much happiness and joy. Why are we 
rejecting the possibility of somebody showing up in our life that can give us something wonderful that we can contribute to. It's just very foolish to me. And I think that was another point that I wanted to make about online dating is decide to give people a chance. Give people, reasonable people, more than one date. Right. Don't make a judgment on a first date alone. People are nervous. They're not themselves, you know, especially, um, especially if, you know, they've had bad experiences in the past, which mo most of us have, where they've been treated harshly or unkindly or rejected or whatever. We all have had that. I have a client that came in um, last week that I did an intake for, incredibly handsome guy, like looks like Captain America. I'm not kidding. He looks like Chris Evans. He's like, and very successful, you know, very uh, big career in tech. He's short though. He's like maybe five, six, I think five, five. And so, and, but I mean, just a wonderful, charming, lovely, lovely guy. And he has women. He was telling me he had three women ghost him, like literally stand him up on dates that they had set up. He got to the place. They just didn't bother to show up. So, I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous to me that we have all these people who are so lonely, who so want relationships and we give ourselves permission to do something like this ghost, a, a perfectly terrific guy who knows why, but you and I have been doing this long enough, mate. We know the, the reasons people give themselves. Oh, I can't date a short guy. Right. You can't. So uh, be friends first if you have to, but, but, you know, um, give people a chance. I think is um, I I feel like shorter men or short men try harder they're like nicer they're like they care more they didn't have all that attention all the tall guys have growing up so they're actually better people you know nicer people like I just feel like man I don't even know why height is such a big deal and I just get on this rant all the time because I mean I'm five six and I dated a guy who was five six and it was fine. In, in fact, the time that I wore heels, I felt like a supermodel. I mean, when are we going to feel like a supermodel in our lives? Like date someone shorter or date someone yeah. your height and wear freaking tall shoes and you can look amazing. And this guy was just a really good guy, you know, and it's a bummer that, you know, instead of swiping uh, no on these shorter guys, like, man, that could just be a challenge in itself for the women out there. Like, you want to find somebody in your life and get married and have kids, just say yes to two shorter guys, <laughs> guys that are like your height or guys that are one inch taller than you and see where that takes you. I would love to hear some success stories from those type of women. Like they're just throwing away great guys. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And I think that's the really, that's the really sort of sad thing about how dating works now is we're our own worst enemy and the conventional mindset of who's attractive and who's not is our is our worst enemy in terms of finding love we just have too many conditions on yeah. who we think is right and it's not realistic it's not realistic at all and uh yeah it, it hurts us it yeah. hurts us it keeps us single longer than we want to be or need to be but so. that's how we stay in business right just kidding <laughs> um yeah, no, it's true yeah everybody just keep doing what you're doing call us when you get back yeah. <laughs> Call us when you're desperate. Just kidding. Um, okay. What's your tip number five? Sure. So this is very, very practical. This goes into interacting with the app again by itself. Um, when you're messaging, when you're messaging, keep it short and sweet. All right. Let's stop with this. Everybody, you know, the expectation that everybody's got to be a genius and come up with the best opening line. I can't tell you how many 
many people have said to me that they didn't like what someone said. They said, hi. Oh, oh my God, I can't believe this guy said hi to me. We're with not going to respond. With an extra okay. exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How was your day? Come on, people. Let's start to be reasonable about what our expectations are of other human beings, all right? I mean, for me, I just, I, I really think somebody who's so charming has the best pickup line. Great. Good for them. That's not, that doesn't make necessarily a great partner or a great relationship. If you want to be entertained, go watch Netflix. You don't need to be entertained on a dating app. Okay. So if you're not willing to give somebody a chance whose opening line is hi, how was your day? Let's really, let's really look at what our expectations are and how we might be hurting ourselves. So when I talk about messaging, I think it's really, really important to cut to the chase. I think an opening line, hey, how was your day? Fine. You can do better than that. My advice for when I'm working with clients is to start, and this, this goes for men and women, pick something from the profile of the person that you are looking at, something that you like about them, something you have in common and start there. Just say, Hey, and this is going to sound controversial, but it's, Hey, I saw you play the violin. That's awesome. I played cello in high school. And here's the key part, May. This for me is the recipe of success for utilizing apps and messaging is make your next statement. Would you like to grab a coffee sometime? question mark. So we go from find that thing that you have in common or that you like, pick it, note it, and then immediately ask to get together in person for a coffee. And here is why, in my opinion, uh, we can't tell from app messaging, from phone calls, from even video chats, whether or not there is a potential connection with another human being. Our body, in my, in my experience, gives us the most information about whether or not a potential connection exists with another person. And I'm not talking about, do I have butterflies? I mean, do I feel safe with this person? Do I feel a little unsure? And you won't get that kind of information until you're in sharing the same physical space as someone. So the reason I recommend clients cut to a coffee date only if you're dating online for a first date is because I want you to get off of the apps, out of the endless messaging back and forth that's so time-wasting, so soul-sucking, that makes so many potential connections disappear. You know, I, I have so many clients talk about this. This was my experience when I was using apps, that if you try and go back and forth with messages or phone calls and you spend all this time, you lose. People just lose interest. They lose focus. Get out on a first date as quickly as you can in a reasonable amount of time. And here's the parameters around that. My, my strongest advice as a matchmaker and a coach is when it comes to a first date and you're, you haven't pre-qualified them in any way, it's a matchmaker doesn't know them. They haven't been, you know, a setup from a friend who already knows them and can vouch for them. Coffee dates for an hour to an hour and 15 minutes tops in daytime, like on a weekend or before 8 p.m., ending before 8 p.m. And that just gives you, it's not even really a date as much as it's a meet and greet. Are you a sane person? Do you have a job? You know, are you somebody that um, I can uh, at least have a, a basic conversation with? What does it feel like to sit across the table from you? And for me, that is a really, really effective way to one, start to meet more people, and, and stop losing these threads where you'll talk to somebody for two weeks, invest a lot of energy, and then they disappear or you disappear or lose interest.
or whatever, and you've spent all this time, gotten attached or invested and, you know, whoops, there they go. It can, it can really reduce the amount of emotional energy required to do dating. And it can make your process a lot more productive. Again, that's why we go back to the two message opener of like, hey, this is the thing that I noticed about you. It's really cool. Let's talk about it to let's just get together. So that is a strong. Do you recommend guys uh, do that? Like, is that your top tip for them by commenting something about their profile and then asking them out right away? That's almost their first, uh, their first contact with the woman. Yeah, absolutely. It lets you know if people and I and I it does take women some time to catch up. Some women may want to at least have a quick video chat to make sure the guy is the person that they say that they feel safe. And I understand that. And, you know, do that at your discretion as you need. My advice is, is get to the date as quickly as possible, get to getting together as quickly as possible. And then let the woman decide if she's like, yeah, let's do coffee or hey, do you mind if we hop on the phone first or do you yeah. mind if we do a quick video call? Like you're totally fine with that too. Yeah, absolutely. These are these are general guidelines. You know, I tend to find that they really work. Um, but I also understand that everybody has to to sort of adapt them to what makes them comfortable and what they can live with. So that's my advice. You know, one of the teachers that I really respect, who I know you do too, Alison Armstrong, really, really strongly believes in doing phone calls first. There's a lot of reasons that I don't. Um, I don't disagree with her. I just have another take. My take is that you can actually become overly emotionally invested in someone before you before you know them. And it sets you, it can set you up for heartbreak. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that happen many, many, many times. So I want to reduce the amount that we of exposure we have to having our hearts broken by getting overly emotionally involved or overly attached too quickly to people. Um, and intimacy can be built up very, very quickly over the phone, especially, or I really am a big believer in until your bodies share the same physical space, even just sitting across from each other, you don't have a sense of what is possible with another person. I agree. I agree. I think that's a great idea. Might as well go out and meet. If you're both living in the same city, why not? I mean, you seriously can't spend two hours, half an hour driving there, one hour coffee and half an hour driving back. Like you really don't have two hours to invest in potentially meeting your future friend or future partner or a business associate down the road, who knows? But yeah, that is very well time spent. And also it is good to get people in the mode of dressing up for a date or see how they are. Is this person going to show up on time? Do they respect your time? Are they a good communicator? Like all those things, there's so many things that um, you're revealing about yourself or finding out about your potential partner that can help you. So no, I totally agree with that. That's a great, um, great advice. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, anything else you want to add? I mean, these are all five great tips from uh, attitude, mindset, swiping, uh, yes, more practice partners, um, friend zone we talked about and to guys just go on, go for it. Just ask her out and see what happens. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that I, I really want to encourage people to consider is, I think, really understand that this takes an investment of time, energy, and money. 
and notice where you are not willing to make investment in any of those areas. Understand dating is an opportunity for growth in you, a fantastic opportunity for growth in you as much as it is to find your, your person. So in, be willing to invest, be willing. You know, it's always a red flag for me when I hear somebody won't invest the 35 bucks a month or whatever it is for the upgrade in the online dating app. It's like, come on, if you're not willing to invest that every month, how serious are you about finding someone? So understand, really get it. If this matters to you, un- know about yourself, what you're willing to invest, what you're, how serious you are about it. Notice how that might be holding you back and understand if it's getting to be too much for you. This was certainly my case when I was uh, looking to meet my husband, uh, when I was looking for a partner long-term for a marriage. Um, I, it was so discouraging. It was so, it was so difficult at the time that I was so glad I invested in, in a coach. I'm so glad I found somebody to be there with me, a cheerleader through the disappointment, through the confusion. So I could learn about myself and use dating as an opportunity to find my person, but also to become the person that I wanted to be, to be able to, to bring as much love and value as I could to a potential relationship. So if you need help and support, that would be my last tip is seek it. There's always going to be somebody out there who can help you get where you want to go. Don't go it alone. If you- I totally agree. I mean, a day coach is invaluable and just like a business coach. I mean, I've been doing matchmaking for 13 years, but I'm still seeking out business coaches to get my business to the next level or, you know, relationships. I still read tons of relationship books just because I'm married. Doesn't mean I stopped learning, right? Like the whole goal, even with dating, what I loved about dating when I was single was going to new places. So maybe it's, you just figure out all the cool coffee places in town or all the boba places or all the, uh, you know, nooks and crannies that you're missing out on. Like, make it a chance to explore your city and to have fun while meeting new people and making new connections in your life. Because as we get older, it is so hard to make new friends. Like if you're, if you have the opportunity while you're in your twenties or thirties or forties to meet people and to build these uh, network of friendships, like, man, that's killing two birds with one stone, right? You meet people and you can potentially date and find the one like, feels like that's a win-win and that that also comes with a mindset like how are you going to um how are you going to be what's your attitude when it comes to dating so all those things are important so and I think the last thing and I'll wrap this up but it is important is dating and this is one of the things that I offer as a coach dating when you're doing it you should have measurable goals and results so you should be able to to see progress. If you've been dating on your own for a year, two years, three years, especially if you're a woman who wants to have kids and you're in your thirties and time is going by, um, notice that there are other ways to do it and people out there that can help you. And that's one of the fundamental differences for me as a coach that I can offer is when I work with somebody and I know you're this way too, we need to see progress. And we do, we set goals and objectives so we can see people actually moving toward what they what they're looking for not just endlessly going on first dates or second dates that that don't lead to relationship right very good thank you karina for joining me today this was so much fun it was i I can't wait this again like i love talking about love and i love talking about people's relationships and 
I'm just so nosy about people's love lives. And, you know, of course, when we get off this chat, I'm going to dig in on your love life and all that. So, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for spending the time with me and I will see you soon. Okay. Thank you, May. Okay. Nice Bye, Karina. Bye.